0: Okay, morning. Guten Morgen. Can anybody reply in Deutsche? Huh? Who say it? Who say it? Who say it? We, get, yeah. we get, okay. Who gets it? <laughs> right. Okay, it's it's good to be here again this morning because um, I think I was, last weekend I was away. Uh, we were busy with a pastor's retreat. Um, so just spending some time with pastors and building relationship. Um, but it's good to be here again this morning. Um, yeah, the, we are busy with this series called uh, Breaking Free from the Spirit of poverty, right? Breaking free from the spirit of poverty. And uh, by the sound of what Ernetti is saying, um, some of us are going through challenges. But I um, just want to share with you that the the title of this message is called Breaking Free from the Spirit of Poverty. Right? So, breaking free from the spirit of poverty means that that While we started in the beginning, we said that there is sometimes a principality. And a principality works by principles, right? Um, But also how your environment and the culture of poverty can also force poverty into you, right? Into your heart, your mind, your attitude, your behavior. And that is what we also call a spirit. In other words... Just the attitude. If you look up the the Greek word for um, for ethos or practice um, habit, the Greek word is ethos, which means the things that we practice actually comes from the that which is inside of us. So when we say breaking free from the spirit of poverty, we are talking about the things that have been put into us that we really need to break free from. So, not necessarily that you are demon-possessed, but that the the culture, the behavior, the thinking, the attitude, um, the way of responding to situations, they have been built into you through your environment, your culture, or the... the the different types of poverty that you have experienced. Okay? Are you all with me? So, so what are you breaking free from? The thinking. The attitude. The behavior. The response. The way that you think. The patterns of thinking that have been built into you over the years that have uh, come from the, the situations that you have gone through. Okay? So it's very important to understand, and that is where, that is where the Word of God plays a very important role. Because the Word of God is what actually breaks free, breaks you free from that poverty that, has, that you are experiencing on the inside. Right? Okay. So just again, <coughs> let's go to uh, the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. Let me start with the scripture today. Ephesians chapter two. Okay, Ephesians chapter two and verses one to three. Okay, let me read this one for you. And you He made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Next one. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Okay? Among whom also we we all once... Um, conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But go back to verses two. It says, it says here, where in time past we walked according to the course of this world. So the word for course there is the is a word that means this age. It doesn't necessarily mean um that that we're talking about a physical world it's talking more about when we talk about ages in that word age we get periods of time so you can get uh as you get different periods of time you also get trends in that age or in that period of time and then everybody in the world (coughs) starts to walk according to those trends right or to where they currently find themselves are you all with me so if you uh, as you know we have different ages there's like currently now they're talking about we are in the information technological and digital age right and then everybody gets on the you know that bandwagon and everybody moves in that direction but that's just an example but there are different things even now the the concept of family is in the world is at this present age is being attacked right the the whole concept of fatherhood and family and marriage and things it's being attacked right and it's they're trying to seek to give us an, a different way of behavior But we are not to pattern ourselves after those things, but we are to stick to the Word of God, what the Word of God teaches us, and not go off into a different way. And that's why the the scripture in Romans chapter 12, if we read that one, Romans chapter 12 and verses 2. Okay, Romans chapter 12 and verses 2. And do not be conformed to this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world, right? Do not allow yourself to pattern yourself, right? After this world, the things that this age would want to um, teach you or lead you in, but remain according to the Word of God, right? So, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, what I'm trying to highlight with these two scriptures is that many times what w- the way we walk is because of where we find ourselves. Environment does shape behavior. Can shape behavior unless you are busy working with this word that you must love. What word is that? Repentance. Right? Okay? Tell the person next to you, you must love repentance. Most people hate repentance. Right? Because repentance involves (coughs) excuse me, repentance involves someone correcting you. Or correcting the, the walk that you are in. Or maybe not correcting, but changing your present walk. Changing the, the, the present way you behave and do things. And the process of repentance allows you to change, right? And to change your walk. That's why Ephesians chapter 2 says, we walked according to the course of this age. That means we behaved, we responded based upon what we have seen, the age we find ourselves in, and the environment in which we find ourselves. So it is possible (coughs) that when you are going through a a certain type of poverty, and if it endures for a period of time, (coughs) then you will, then you will later on begin to have that same, that that poverty that you experience, like I, I used the word, it says, it forces itself into you. Right? Because when you experience lack, what do you do? You adjust. Is that right? Okay? When you experience lack, you, you, you start to change the way you talk. Is that right? Because when you start to experience lack, then you you start to say things like, like okay, but there isn't enough. Um, let's keep it. No, don't buy that. Or you understand you you are for, you are being forced right into a certain way of thinking, and a certain way of speech, and a certain way of behavior. But faith does in the midst of. That restriction, faith speaks differently. Faith has a different voice, right? Um, that's why, and that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Because what we seeing is speaking to us. But when we walk by faith, we do not walk by what we see is happening to us, but by how we know. We should respond. And we and our faith in God allows us to speak differently. Faith also has a voice. Okay? Are you all with me? So therefore there is a different response that we take to our situations. And these scriptures, while we can apply it to many different things, and that's why I'm saying that the culture of poverty that we experience, the environment that we are in, it is the it is that which begins to shape our behavior so we must ask ourselves am i still a product of the past that i experienced or have i have i transformed by the renewing of my mind right transformation happens how by the renovation of our minds Okay? So, if you are going to break out of the spirit, the thinking, the attitude, you have to be busy with the renovation of your mind. Why? Because the way that you feel is because of the thoughts that you th- you were thinking so long. Right? And because of the certain type of poverty that you've experienced, you have been in there for a certain time period. And then it trains you to think in a certain way. Okay? Are you all with me? It trains you to think in a certain way. You walked according. And and this is why God brings in the renovation of your mind. The changing of your mind. The changing of the way that you think and behave. <laughs> so, the culture speaks of the beliefs the habits the traditions and the way of life okay it speaks of the way the 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 way that you think right about certain things and i remember i remember as i mentioned before in the beginning when we were constantly faced with with uh, financial challenges i was taught by the lord not to walk by sight but to walk by faith. Right? Because in, when we walk by sight, we begin to allow ourselves to be conditioned to think in a certain way. But when we walk by faith, we speak differently to our circumstances. We speak differently to the things, you know, that we go through. We respond to it differently. And when I was in those In those times where we walked financially week to week. Not salary to salary or month to month, but week to week. So basically we had money for the week and we didn't have money for the next three weeks. Right? And in that week you didn't know where it's going to come from, who it's going to come from. I had to teach, I had to learn not to think who is it going to be. Right, because you have on your mind um, maybe it's going to be that brother or that sister or that person is going to help me. You have on your mind certain people, and you have to you have to tell yourself: get your mind off people and focus on the Father. Right? It's going to come from the Father, and whoever He uses that is where it will come from. But ultimately, He is the source of what is co- from where it comes from. And so when I had to change my mind and then I had to speak and say, but there is, there is, I had to learn a mindset, you know, of there is enough. Not a scarcity mindset. A scarcity mindset is a mindset that constantly sees there's not enough, there's not this, where are we going to get it? You know, there's not enough resources, there's enough, it's always this thing of lack in your mind and you are forced and also trained to think in that way. And so what we are doing is is that we we are actually, you know, diving a little bit deeper into your way of thinking. Okay? And I told you that even though you might have come out physically out of lack, unless you are busy with the renewing of your mind, you will not know that you are still sitting with that poverty mindset that was there when you were experiencing situational poverty. Right? Are you, are you all with me? And so when you find yourself just in a little bit of a situation that is not so comfortable, all those old ways kick in. Right? And then immediately you start thinking of where are we going to get it? No, there's not enough. That mindset kicks in because in, in your experience of more financially, you did not were busy with the process of dealing with what was left in you. You can be out of Egypt, but Egypt, you're still fighting with Egypt inside. You can be out of physical poverty, but you are still fighting the phys- the the effects of physical poverty that is within you, and those things will respond and will manifest when you go through a little bit of a trying time. Okay, so I'm sure that all of us, even though we have we have come into more financially, somewhere along the line we have experienced some measure. Of as no biki Mount demand of tuia. True? How do you think at that time? Is it is it any different to where from where you came from? I'm asking. Or in those times. Do you say no, but even though it's trying, there is more. there is enough. We will have enough or do we or do we go and say oh, speaking will demand? I think we should shut down, close it up a bit right? Now, I mean uh, for example, for example, I remember in the beginning that's That's what we did. I would say to my wife, If they want something, we don't say there's no money. We say no, we don't think it's the time is right now. Because I didn't want them to build a mindset that there's not enough. Right? Okay, so rather give them a different response. Now, what happened to us is we came into more and more than enough and then once once in a while you have a tight month or two. And then because you're not in the exercising of your faith consistently, your faith becomes, if I can say, if I can use the word lazy, that's why my my father in the faith, Thamu, he says, he don't let his faith relax. If there's nothing to do, he's doing something with his faith. He break up bring more, trusting the Lord for more. He's always exercising his faith because he doesn't want his faith to become weak. He wants it to stay at the level at which it was because your faith brought you into this place. And now in this place of comfort, you relax. And when you relax, when you find a little bit of a tight month, you find yourself talking things that you left. Right? And then I found, no, but we are talking in ways that onze tijgote gelos, man. Why are we talking like that? Now we have to reintroduce the the principles that we learned, right, that shifted us to where we find ourselves, right? And so, you, what I'm saying to you is, even though we have come into financially more, it does not necessarily mean that you are free from the spirit of poverty. Right? Because unless we are dealing with the internal way of thinking, right? Okay? Okay? Are you all with me? And poverty makes you have the fear of lack. Uh, le- le- let me give you a few signs that the culture of poverty has forced itself into you. Right? Okay? One of the things that it does is a poor self-esteem. Okay? That means what one thinks and feels about himself. Okay? Okay? And, and so, uh, thoughts that are repeated and accepted create our emotional state. Okay. So, one of the signs, the way that you talk, we don't have enough. We are go, where are we going to get it? Okay. Now, obviously, if you have a salary and you're earning maybe 40000 a month and you have all your needs met, you won't be talking like that. But the test is, is when you go through the tough, tight months, then I want to find out how will you talk. Because at that moment, how you talk shows us whether that you have had yourself transformed by the renewing of your mind, whether you have broken free. Because if this talk then pops up, then we know that you are still battling with the effects of the struggle you had financially. Are you all with me? Okay? So, you will find that the way to break out is to is to transform yourself internally. That is the way to break out. Right? And there's a different way of thinking. So, um, some things say, good things only happen to the rich. You will find that sometimes, people, even though they've come into more, they still have that thinking. But you have more than what you've had before. Right? Okay, everything gets taken from us. We look for the cheapest. One of the things I learned from, from um, you know, Tamu was that Tamu, I, I had a conversation with him one time, and, and then he would tell you in this thing where he's always exercising his faith, he's always going against the grind, uh, listening to one of his messages, um, again, on on biblical economics, then he would say, whenever he experiences, you know, in the in the area of the finances that he f- operates in, when he experiences that lack, he goes against it. That's the time he gives even more. That's the time when he refuses. He say he suffocates that spirit, doesn't allow it, doesn't give it room to function. Right? Because he goes against it. And, and that is sometimes one of the ways that we push back on things. Because when we experience, when we are going through the difficulties and we allow ourselves to sub, to be dominated by that way of thinking, then we are under the control. Uh, an example was, an example of that was in uh, when we were still in in the street house building, the one on fear, when there for the six weeks, the offering on set the Sal for sir, and the offering is 400. I mean, how can you sit for men, sir, and only pick up an offering of 400, maybe in 400, 600 Namibians? It happened like that for six weeks. At first, I was just watching it. And then, for the six weeks, it was like that. And I said to myself, what is the There's more people now, and there's less offering. When we were less, we had more offerings. Now we're more, and we have less. How does that work? My wife and I, we prayed, and the Lord said, the spirit of fear is working amongst the people. So we brought everybody together. We addressed the fear. And when I... When I heard that it was fear, the first thing I did was, I mean at that stage it was like, I had say for example, I only had 150 Namibian dollars in my bank account. Then I would go drink coffee with someone and say, let's have breakfast. And I say, no, I'm paying. (laughs) Then I used the money that I have. I say, I refuse to, I refuse to be dominated and controlled by fear. I am going to do the opposite of what I'm experiencing. Because that is how faith responds. Right? And so in faith I responded that way. And then I would use the money and then later on the day, here comes an SMS, somebody sent me some money. And so, wherever I went, I just said, no, I'm paying. Because I could experience and sense the fear. And because I experienced and said... And I knew that this was a spirit that was working um, amongst us. I decided to confront it in a way that I went against the way that it wanted me to behave. And then I started to give. And I started to look for opportunities. And I started to say, I'm going to pay. Right? Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we constantly... We constantly have to be on the journey of the transformation by the renovation of our minds. Now, I'm not saying you must be reckless. Right? All I'm saying is we need to develop the right mindset so that our emotions are controlled by the way we think and not by what happens around us. Peter was walking on the water. As long as his eyes was on Jesus, he was full of faith. But when he looked at the storm... He started to sink and Jesus came and said, why were you afraid? What happened when he looked at the circumstances? He allowed the circumstances to determine his behavior and what he feels and thinks inside. While Jesus was there, Jesus did not focus on the storm. Right? And so what we do is, we allow our circumstances to determine how we behave. But we must not behave based upon our circumstances. We must behave based upon what the word says who we are. And that is how we must respond. That's why my spiritual father says you give. Not necessarily so God can bless you but so that you can deliver your heart from what you possess. Right? So, some of the signs of poverty, poor self-image talk. I will never be anything. I will always be here. We will never come into more. Right? I am a loser. You see yourself as a beggar. Right? Even when you have more, you are still conditioned to think in a certain way based upon your, your amount of money that you earn. Faith says that we can have more, right? Your emotional state, you have no confidence, fear of the future, depressed, I don't belong, the fear of lack, the fear of tomorrow, right? Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of it. Self, right? You feel small, less than others. You have the fear of giving. And even though you come into more, you still have the fear of giving. Right? Because the effects of it is still there. And we want to deal with the internal things. Right? Inside. There. So that we can get rid of that and totally break out of that. You'll find one of the scriptures, you'll find one of the scriptures. Uh, when he talks about Isaac. Let me see if I can get that one. Um, it's Isaiah. Oh, not Isaiah. Genesis, I think, twenty twenty-six. 26. Genesis 26. Yes. Genesis 26 and verses 12. Let's read that. Genesis 26 and verses 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Now Genesis 26 is a chapter in verses 1. He says there was a famine in the land. Right? There was a famine in the land. Which means that there is lack. And, and he wanted to depart from that place and go down to Egypt. And the Lord said, no, stay in this land. And because here I will bless you. Right? So then he stayed in the land. So he did not allow his environment to dictate his behavior. But what God said to him. And then in that same land, the Bible says, And Isaac sowed in that land. What land? The land of famine. And reaped in the same year, a hundredfold and the lord blessed him next verse and the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous but i want to read the old king james because it's because this one is translated but different verse 13 it says and the man grew great and went forward and grew until he became very great so the, so this one waxed great, the man. Listen, the Bible says, the man grew great. And then it says, and he went forward, and he grew until he became very great. So where that word, he grew great, is talking about that word when the Bible says, and the child grew. In other words, when he grew great, it was talking about internally there was capacity that was being built. He was expanding on the inside. When Ephesians chapter 4 says that we come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, then he goes down and says, let us grow up into the head. That word grow up means to increase. So there is an increase that must take place on the inside of you. And so we neglect the internal increase that must happen because one of the, one of the signs that, uh, or one of the things that poverty does to you, it causes you to hate knowledge. Or you, ha- you have no interest in knowledge. You have no interest in learning because you are focused on your current need. So you have no interest on developing yourself. You have no interest in growing. You have no interest in you outgrowing where you are. The man grew great. That means internally there was an expansion. Internally the way that he was thinking was changing. The same thing happened to Jacob. Jacob was married to two women. Was it Leah and Rachel? And the one, the one was just having children and children and children and, and so on. Eventually Rachel had a child. And she conceived and she called his name Joseph. And then if you read it very carefully, the Bible says, and Jacob said to Laban, I work. Why? Because Joseph, the name Joseph means fruitful, increase. When they conceived, when they began to conceive the idea of increase on the inside, and they gave birth to this concept, when they gave birth to this way of thinking, this way of mentality, this behavior, what he began to do, he began to push against limitations. Right, He began to outgrow his limitations. Because he himself was growing. And this son Joseph taught. And I see almost Joseph there as, as like an anointing that teaches you a different way of thinking. Because when you look at the life of Joseph, there was a different way of thinking. And so when Joseph was born, Jacob decided, Ekanimia iblaini. Why? Because he was expanding now. His mind was thinking differently. And, and many times what we don't understand is that we need to deal with the internal lack. We need to deal with the spirit on the inside. That's not a demon. That's a thinking, a behavior, a way of talk. Right? The image, the way you view yourself, you need to deal with that way of thinking. And when we don't deal with that way of thinking, we cannot expand. The man grew great. Ask the person next to you, are you growing great on the inside? Why? Because when we when we are in the situation, we don't want to allow ourselves to grow. We want to succumb to it. We allow it to determine our behavior. Instead of rising up as kings and ruling over it. Because of the, the way that we view ourselves. We must grow great. The expansion, the increase, must happen inside. The increase, many times, is not taking place on the inside. Right? And that's why we are hindered. And that's why sometimes we don't step. Listen, some of the things that you would want to have, or some of the things that God would want to do with your life, you think too small. And unless you grow, you, you, uh, you will not be able to accommodate what God wants to say to you. Right? And for all of us, that's a different, it's at a different place. Where I was in my life, I had to grow to this place. But where I am now, and the way I think now, for where I would want to go and what God wants to do, I, th- I need to grow. I need to expand. But we don't want to expand because we are all after this one thing called comfort. Comfort. And when we are dis- when we're in discomfort, instead of building, we murmur and complain. Instead of at that time using as an opportunity to expand, to grow great, under the pressure to increase. The Bible says about certain apostles, it says that they were pillars in the church. You see these pillars here? Those pillars have weight that they are carrying. And they do it very comfortably. You don't see cracking. Right? Pillars are people that have been built. They can handle weight. It may look easy. But if you put somebody else in their shoes... Then they feel the weight. Right? So, the question you must ask yourself is, am I growing? Am I developing the things that I want God to do? Is my mind accommodating it? Have have I built myself to think in that way? If I haven't built myself, right, then I most likely will not be able to go there. And so the first thing the scripture says is, the man grew great. He was growing on the inside. Right? Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. So i know matthew chapter say matthew chapter six verses twenty eight well let's read from verses twenty seven Matthew chapter 6 verse 27 Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature Okay basically you're not going to you're not going to add something to yourself by worrying Okay So he goes on verse 28, and why do you take thought for raiment, clothing? Basic principle is for what you desire, right? Materially. Why are you worrying about it? Consider the lilies. Think. Meditate. On what? On how they. On how they. And when they grow, how they grow? They toil not, neither do they spin. But they grow. Right? Next verse, verse 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So, what that word is saying, it's your growth that determines what you get clothed with. So, if we are not growing on the inside, if we are not growing on the inside, then we will sometimes hinder the physical growth that we want to see. That which God clothes us with. And I I have seen that person in my own life As I grow, God increases. As we expand, God increases. Right? Because the one who is clothing is the father. And the principle is very simple. It's not difficult to understand. It's not difficult to understand. Those of us who are parents, we understand this. We know that the child's growth causes us to spend more. You could say to him, Blaine clean, I sublif. <laughs> Just stay there. Because as long as you're there, that's all I have to spend. But when the child grows, then it's going to school, then it's the school is doing this, they need this clothes, they need that. Their growth is forcing you to clothe them. When they finish school, go study, all these type of things. Their growth... Is forcing you to clothe them. So why don't you force God to clothe you by growing? <laughs> but we don't want to grow. Next, he lists some teachings that lay study. We don't want to. No, this message is challenging me too much. I don't like it. me is picky. And then we, because we don't want, we don't want the message to put us into the position of repentance. Right? But your expansion, your internal growing, is what causes God to clothe you. Your internal growth into your purpose is what causes God to clothe you and give you more. Right? Consider the lily, how it grows. He's teaching you about the Father. That's what He's doing. Your heavenly Father clothes them. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed or clothed like one of these. Verses 30. Wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you O ye of little faith. He's He's likening you unto grass because the Bible says all flesh is as the grass and the flower that fades. Right? Clothe the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow. In other words, God is not waiting to clothe you when you die and you go to heaven. It's in this life. He clothed them when? While they were not in the furnace. While they were blooming, while their lily was growing, while they were in existence in this life, God clothed them. And he says, if he clothes them, if he pays such attention to the smallest grass, who is concerned about your flies that must eat? But God feeds everything. How much more? You. He's saying, if God is paying attention to these small things, and you are worth more than them, will He not clothe you? A little faith. Verse 31. Therefore take no thought, saying, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, Or where shall we be clothed? All the things that poverty or lack or or limited resources makes you focus your mind on. What you are going to eat tomorrow, what you are going to drink tomorrow, today and tomorrow, and where shall you be clothed? Don't worry about it. Verses 32. Okay, he didn't say you can't plan, he just said the word thought there is anxious, fear, anxiety, worrying. Okay? For after all these things do the Gentile seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. In, in, in my, Almost 20 years of working uh, with people. I have found that people who grow spiritually are people who increase. I have found that. People who grow spiritually, who develop their relationship with the Lord, are people who increase. Right? Versus 33. Your Father knows that you have need of all these things. So, Matthew chapter 6, if you read on from where he talks about prayer, and you read all the way through, I think he's still talking about prayer. Uh, uh, that's just my opinion. Because he say, when you pray, say, our Father. Jesus is teaching you about the Father. The one that you are praying to, the Father. Are you conscious of the fact that He knows what you have need of? Because you have, you are, Jesus said, when you pray, pray to the Father. What do you know about your Father? What do you know about the one that you are praying to? He says, the Father knows you have need of these things. Now last week I told you, or not last week, two weeks ago, I told you that the spirit of the Father on internally in the heart, it can break that fear. Right? But we must grow in the consciousness of our Father. In the awareness of our Father. That story where I told about uh, Nathan and Ethan. Right? And the Lord said to me, the Lord said to me, use my two kids, and He said, you know, like Nathan, because you've grown a little bit, you are more aware of the things around you, but, except you become like a little child, right? You shall not enter the kingdom. You won't experience this dominion that you're looking for, And so he said to me, your youngest one, Ethan, is more focused on you that is with him than he is focused on the waters that can make him drown. But because my eldest son has grown to a place where he can be aware of, he can be aware of his father, but he can also be aware of the storm. Of the waters. But he's more aware of the waters. Even though I said to him, come. Come. Come, Faso. I will hold your hand. He decided, no, 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 no. He's going to play an Iflak waters. Just the, the ankles and the knees. He was jumping around there. I can still remember the picture in my mind. You know, because he's a very energetic Man, and he's jumping and he's enjoying the waters. And the other one is, the youngest one is with me in the deep waters. Hey, the coppers, nothing, Nathan is there on the water in the back. <laughs> right? You understand? Because of the awareness. What are you aware of? You see, and when there becomes a scarcity or lack, your focus goes to those things. But your focus doesn't go to the Father. That is the time when you need to strengthen. Thy That Lequibus spoke about. Slatum diperen. That's the time to hit the principle deeper. That's when you feel the tightness financially. That's the time you hit it deeper. That's the time when you say, I refuse. I will continue to give. I will not allow fear to control my behavior. But I will behave according to. Why I even mean, God took Israel in the wilderness? To learn, to teach them, to teach them how to walk. Not according to environment, but according to what He teaches them. Man shall not live. By bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Learn to live by the word, not by the environment. Right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, is He saying, seek the kingdom only? So, he's not saying... He's not saying... It's wrong... To have... Um, to desire a house. He's not saying that's wrong. He's, he's saying... Seek the kingdom... First. He knows what you de- desire. But seek the kingdom... First, when you seek the kingdom first, God will give you and clothe you with your desire. So in in the beginning, I at one stage in my life, I said, Lord, I I want my own house. I really do. I want my own house. I want to be able to leave my children something. If I die, they must. I must leave it to them. They must at least have something that I can give to them. I can't die and give them nothing physically, even though I would want them to know more about Christ than the physical. First priority, but I also want to be able to leave them something physically. It was a desire that I had, but it was not my focus. I kept seeking the kingdom first. And it was in my heart to have a house. And then when the moment came, when the time came, when the time arrived, then the Lord said, I want you to buy a house. And then we didn't have the money to buy the house. But God made it possible. And we have the house. At that stage, when the time arrived... Then we focused on the house. So it's not wrong to focus on it. When the time arrives. Are you all with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? So he is not saying you can't. You He's not saying to you. You, you do, shouldn't desire a house. Or you shouldn't desire to drive a better car or something. Or to come into uh, financially a better place. He's saying, but don't make that the priority first. Seek the kingdom, right? Develop, grow. Grow into your purpose. Grow into the things that God is teaching you. One of the main ways that, that, we, that we dispense grace is by the doctrine. And the doctrine is what helps for increase on the inside. The Bible says about Jesus and the child grew. So why did the child do what he was doing when he was 30? Because he was growing all the time. He grew into that. You... You have to become great on the inside. So, so that you understand when I'm saying breaking free from the spirit of poverty is breaking free from the thinking, the attitude, the mindset. Right? You're supposed to look at how you are behaving. How how are you operating? Is there fear? Where is the fear? Right? And, but then, the word of God must tell you how you should think. Are you thinking correctly? Right? Are you... Are you responding correctly? Are you growing? Are you developing on the inside? Let's go to Luke chapter 15. I want to end off with this. Okay, verses 11. And he said a certain man had two sons. Two sons, right? So there are two sons. Now the word for son there is huios, meaning that's the word used for someone that's a mature son. Okay? Two sons, mature sons. But in verses 12, verses 12? And the younger of them said to his father, so there was a younger son. Which shows that there wasn't full development. Because he's younger. But then why does he use the word son? Because in our spirit we are sons. But in our expression of the reality, we are coming short. So in that we are younger right and he father give me the portions of goods that falls to me and he divided unto them is loving the word for loving there is bios in other words he said i no longer want to live by you i want to practice independence i do not want to be governed by you anymore Because at the stage of becoming young, the younger, at that stage of his development, he began to be more focused on the goods, the physical stuff, than his relationship with his father. And at that stage, and that that focus on the material stuff, Caused him to be in pursuit, not of his relationship with his father, but of the material things, which Jesus said, Do not worry about what you eat or drink or are clothed with, because your heavenly father knows you have need of these things. Right? Verses 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. So, if you have a focus upon material things too much, an overemphasis on material things, what eventually happens is you will take your journey away from the Lord. That is what will happen to you. He said not many days after that, he said, he took, he gathered all together and he took his journey into a far country. He distanced himself from his father. And how many times have I seen this? That when we come physically into more because our focus was on the physical side, not on the relationship with the Father, then what happens is, eventually, we start drifting from the Father. We start drifting from Christ. Because our focus is not correct. And he took his journey to the Father, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. It basically meant he lived his life freely, ungoverned, uncontrolled, just the way he wanted to live it. Right? And the word prodigal, you know, we all know the the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son, the prodigal. The word prodigal means a son, someone who's living freely, unrestrained, just the way he wants to. Right? And when our focus, you see, now listen to me carefully here, listen carefully here. When you come into a financially tight place, it is then that you begin to focus more on something that you shouldn't focus on, but you should rather be developing your relationship, yourself, internally. I am not saying that you shouldn't work. You must work the best of everyone. You must not be lazy. Right? But your focus must, you must strengthen your relationship with the Father. He must become your pursuit. But... When you don't do that and you start focusing more on the need, more on the desire for more, what happens is you drift from the Father. You want to, you don't want to live under those rules this happens spiritually with God the Father. It also happens even in the context of us as a family, father and son relationship that we built. The more sometimes I see people increase, the more, the less they want to be around you. I don't understand why. Because because it, it highlights what we were after more than God. That is the truth. So today. I want to warn you. Do not pursue material things at the expense of your relationship with the Father. Don't seek material things more than you are seeking God. Your relationship with Jesus. Don't pursue that more. Right? Be, do your work. Do it right. Do it the way you're supposed to do. Plan. Plan. Do all those things. But the priority must be God. The priority must be Jesus. Your relationship with Him. It must be the most valuable possession you have. You must become poor in that sense. Because that is a poverty that God loves. God loves the poverty where you make, when you release yourself From every treasure, so that you may be rich in Him. So that your riches and your wealth may be determined by your relationship with Him. If you study the Old Testament, all the people that we read about that had a relationship with God, they prospered. In other words, just your relationship with Him should cause you to prosper. God said to Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your reward. A relationship, when we look at the lives of people like, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. When we look at these people, we find that they, they had an abundance. But they had a relationship with God. I remember... When I gave my heart to the Lord, I shared this, but I shared it again in a different way. I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord, it was like an immediate thing. That all of a sudden, needs were met at the place of growth and development I found myself. I may not have had what other people had, but I had my needs met. I had what I needed. Instantly. And, And whatever I needed to do, even though I didn't have it financially, I got it. Because I had a father. The father is more valuable than the amount that you are earning. And the problem with this son was that he did not value the relationship with the father. So he wasted... His substance with riotous living. He ended up in a place that he never thought he would end. He was in the house. Ended up at places that has got nothing to do with the father. There's a scripture in Corinthians. It says, come out from among them, my people. And he goes on and he says, and then he says, and, you sh- and I will be your father. And you shall be my sons and daughters. In other words, you, we've got to be coming out of the world, not going more into its ways. It's reckless living. You've got to come out of it because he says, if you're coming out, then I'm fathering you. If you are not coming out, you are not being fathered by me. Okay, We're not, we are talking about fathering. It means I'm the one guiding, teaching, helping, talking. That fathering. I will be your father when you come out. He is your father anyway. You gave your life to him. He's your, he is your father. But is he fathering you? This son didn't want to do the will of the father anymore. Right? So, the things that we must be, that we must take, or be careful of is not to have an over focus on our physical side even though i believe in planning even though i believe in budgeting even though i believe in charting your way forward into the future increasing physically all of those things but in the bible you name a you name a person that had a relationship with god you will find that their needs were met When Elijah prophesied a famine, out of everybody, he was the one who had his needs met. God would tell him, go to the river Brook, there. Go to that Brook, Kedron, there I will let the ravens feed you. When the river dried up, he said, go to the city of Zarephath, there I have commanded a widow to take care of you. And when she gave to him, God caused the supernatural cycle economy, that as long as she gave the supernatural side. That she had all her needs met as long as the famine was there. A people who have a relationship with God have their needs met. If I take a boy from the street and I bring him and I adopt him. Immediately as a house. Immediately as food on the table. Immediately there's clothes. Immediately as to eat and to drink. Why? Because the presence of a father... Immediately destroys it, immediately removes it. The father is more valuable than any physical possession that you are seeking after. He is the one that brings the increase, he is the one that clothes, adds. Grow in your relationship with him. That is the key. The Bible says that Isaac grew. He grew. The focus was on the right place. Let's read verse 14. Because if you have too much of an, in your life, an over focus upon your physical needs and the material prospering, you will eventually deviate from the Father. You want to drift away from Him. And this is where people become, listen, this is where people become less interested in the Word of God. But want to claim to have a relationship with God. That's what happens. We don't need to. Why must I be old time? The yeras must live for me. The Lord loves me. The Lord cares for me. He loves me. I'm saved by grace, not by works. But you want to distance yourself from the Word because you don't want your life to be governed by Him. It is now my will, not your will. It's what I want, not what you want. It's what I desire, not what you want. I place my desire above you. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in their land, and he began to be in lack. Right? Let's go down to verse 17. i just end off here. We can pick it up next time. Verse 17. And you all know the story. There was a famine. He came into lack. He was hungry. He would have even eat the pigs' food, but they didn't want to give it to him. He was just. In the and when he came to himself, when he came to his senses, when he realized the mistake that he made, he said, "How many hired servants of my fathers of my fathers, have bread enough to spare?" That that whole word. This whole word here, bread, enough, and to spare. In the Greek, that's it, one, two, three, four, five. In the Greek, oh, that five words is one word. But those five words were meant to describe or to explain what that one word means. That word basically means abundance. The Father is the key. Don't deviate from your relationship with the Father. He is the priority. Your relationship with Him. Right? When the Bible talks about Job, the man had a relationship. He was wealthy. When it mentions different people, God doesn't have an issue with that. But the relationship is the key. So in actual fact, what we are saying is if you have a relationship with God, you should increase. It should be a natural effect. It should be something that's naturally happening to you. Like I said to you earlier, if you, I have noticed that the people who are growing spiritually and in their relationship with God, it naturally happens that they increase. It may not happen all at once. But you will just see as they are consistent in their relationship and what they do. Eventually you just see the next thing happens, the one thing happens, doors open, promotions come, things like that. It's not necessarily their focus, but they're so in love with Jesus, right? They're building a relationship. In my father's house, there is bread enough to spare. There is bread, but there's leftovers to put away. This requires repentance. Do you love that word? Do you appreciate it? Because that word repentance means adjustment. It's another way of saying adjust yourself. Stop focusing so much on your material side. That your relationship with God is suffering. Because eventually you will take your journey into a far country. You start drifting from Him. When you cannot prioritize your relationship with Him. I say to the guys in business. You say you don't have time. I say, sometimes when I call you, then you say, sorry pastor, I is in a meeting. So you stop all calls because you're in a meeting. I say make a meeting with the Lord. 11 o'clock in the morning, I've got a meeting with Jesus. And anybody phones and says, sorry I can't talk to you now, I'm in a meeting. What meeting? I'm in a meeting with my father. Someone will phone you now and say, "Can I see uh, a client?" Will phone you and say, "Can I meet you? Can I see you now at 11 o'clock?" But you are busy with another client, and while you are busy with that client, and this client phones you, say, "I can't talk to you now. I'm busy. I'm in a meeting with a client." And he says, "No, but it's important." And I say, "But I just unfortunately I can't see you now. I am in a meeting. I have. I'm seeing a client." You'll say, but I can see you at 2 o'clock. Or I can see you, this meeting will last for at least an hour and a half. I will see you at half past twelve. And the, and the client says, okay, fine. But we can't do that with the Lord. It's okay. I have somebody sitting there. You need to fix a meeting with the Lord. You need to have a fixed meeting. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3, it says... And in the hour of prayer, Peter and, was it Peter and John, they went up to the temple in the hour of prayer to go and pray. If we have an hour of prayer every day, it's not religious because it's a fixed time. Because they even fixed the time for three o'clock in the afternoon to pray. And people who had work, Make time to go and pray. The problem is the priorities that aren't correct. And as a good father, I want to warn you. I want to warn you. Do not over-focus on your material side. And you already know That your relationship with God is suffering. You know it. It's not what it used to be. It's not what it is. It's not what it's supposed to be. It cannot be there. You prioritize. You put Him first. Everything else will fix itself. It will, but you drifted because you've got other desires more than Him. You have to put your priorities, you have to sort out your priorities. You can't tell me you're too busy to spend time with God. Sorry, guys, that is nonsense. Because you will plan other things and you will put things aside. You will plan things to go away for the weekend when you said, no, I'm busy every weekend. And then all of a sudden everything must wait. The Father loves you all. And has but the best in His heart for us. This prodigal son came to his senses. And he made the adjustment. He said, I'll go back to the father. He is the priority. For whom? I speak to you as a father. You shift your life. Right. So that God can fit into it. You put it in the right place. You don't make your physical. And your material prosperity. More important. Than a relationship with him. Because He is more than enough for you. Make it right. Make it right. But just let's stand. Just close your eyes. I know though Holy Spirit is speaking. I know He's speaking. I know it. Just close your eyes. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Whisper that name, Father. Father. I make it right. I shift my focus to you, to you. You are the most valuable the most valuable person in my life. You are more important. When I have you, I have everything. You are Abba, Father. You give me worth. You give me value. You put food on the table. You... Like a good father, you give good things to your children. You're a good father. Father, and I pray today that we would make the alignment this morning. I pray that we would love you above all else. I pray that we will put you first. As Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and mind. I pray like the prodigal son, we will not journey away from While we are in the house. While you increase and you bless us. Because when we have a father we have all that we need. You said to Abraham, I, I am God Almighty. And I am your exceedingly great reward. You're the father that has bread enough to spare. Abundance. There is no scarcity in your mind. There is no poverty in your thinking. You are God of an abundance. The father of abundance. Who loves, who causes a feast for their son. Who sets the table, who puts the best robe on his son. Who gets the ring. And shoes on the feet. You celebrate your children. You rejoice over them. I pray. Father in this week. That we would would come to know your heart. Even in a deeper way. That our hearts would cry more and more. Abba Father. Abba Father. Father. The one who knows what we have need of before we even ask. We bless you. We honor you. Jesus said that when we pray to you, we say, Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. That Father, whatever we ask you, you are able to do it. Because to you belongs the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Father, I just bless your children. I bless your people. I bless, Father, that that the spirit of poverty will not hold its grip upon them. But that there will be a breaking free as we delve internally into the things that make us drift, that make us think in a certain way. When the prodigal son saw the lack he thought of his father and he realized that with the father is bread enough to eat and to spare. May we not see our lack but may we realize and become so aware of you father we make you the priority we make you the goal we devote ourselves to you in the name of Jesus Christ amen and amen I trust that you would have Spoken and made the adjustment in your heart. And I pray that, that you will not drift as God increases. Just have a relationship with Him. Just love Him. Just appreciate Him.